Hello and welcome to Hot Health, the podcast series where we talk about health in the U.S. and hot topics within the world of health. I'm Zach Cavanis, a pre-med public health major here at Texas State. I'm Shay Chan, a nursing student also here at Texas State. Hi guys, and welcome again to our podcast. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the importance of getting yearly physical exams and staying on top of your health with a provider as needed. Yes, yeah, so let's kind of jump right into it, guys. So uh, some of these facts are coming from an article written from Duke Health. One of their main contributors was Michael Fadoa. He is a DO board-certified family physician at Duke Primary Care in Holly Springs. So kind of while we're on the topic of different type of providers, there's a lot of different providers you could see when you go get a physical exam, Shay. So kind of give us some examples of who that could be. That would include an MD, a DO, or a PA. So an MD is your medical doctor. That's kind of when you think of doctor, that's the straight thing that goes to your brain. What's a DO? A DO is a doctor <clears throat> of osteopathic medicine. They're fully trained and licensed, but they have graduated from osteopathic medical school instead of your conventional medical school like an MD would. Okay, gotcha. And a PA? A PA is a physician's assistant. They go through a PA program rather than med school, and they are able to prescribe you medicine and diagnose you as well. Okay, gotcha. That makes a sense. I'm glad kind of we're kind of getting more understanding of the different type of providers you can see. Also, uh, your nurse practitioner, I kind of want to mention them as well. They're very, very important. So those are nurses. You know, they have their regular RN, BSN, and they actually do some specialized secondary training to become nurse practitioners where they can prescribe, diagnose, and treat patients just like all the other providers. And I think it's just awesome having kind of different types of providers for different things. You know, it's like a big family. They can all kind of do different things. They all come from different backgrounds. They bring different experiences. For example, your MD over here went to this med school versus your nurse practitioner has, you know, 25 years experience in the ICU. It's just great having those, you know, medical providers coming from different backgrounds. And kind of on that topic, it's just very important really to get that provider-patient relationship with your provider for sure because kind of they can know your normals they know how your body works you can kind of know how they treat and kind of their specialties kind of tune in so it's kind of like a perfect match in the healthcare world it's kind of why i like kind of you know building that perfect provider patient relationship which is also important i mean there's so many other medical specialties out there you don't think about you know you have your medical assistants in the back and you have your lab technicians and everyone in the back where they're doing all the things you don't see your emts on the ambulance i don't know why i'm giving a shout out to emts if you know i i don't know where i'm getting that from but your emts that are bringing you to the hospital there's just so many other secondary careers that come into medicine that are just so important so after that topic shay let's just kind of talk about what's going to happen when you get a physical i know it's it can be scary i mean i know when i got my first physical was scared were you scared when you went to get your first physical oh definitely yeah i mean it's a scary process You, you know you hear physical and what's the first thing that comes to your mind Probably shots, needles. Shots, needles, poking, prodding, doing this, touching you. Like, it's, it can be a scary thing just to come into. I mean, I got my flu shot a couple days ago, which we're going to go right into vaccines later. I don't want to get in that now. But, I mean, it, it was scary. I've never been to this place before. Different providers. I don't have a relationship. It's a scary thing. So let's kind of just kind of ease some of that stress and just talk about what's going to happen when you go get a physical, Shay. So when you get a physical, uh, you would get an examination of your eyes, your ears, your nose. You throw all of that to help your doctor spot any potential issues that you would have in those areas um, but in order to do that you have to create a baseline for you as an individual which would include vital signs being performed um, that is your temperature your blood pressure heart rate respiratory rate all of that including oxygen saturation which i think would be really fun to explain what that is zach yeah so it's kind of i kind of geek out when it comes to blood and oxygen and all that so kind of your your oxygen saturation also referred to as your pulse ox that's kind of when they wrap that sticker on your finger with the red laser light or they put a little clip on your finger and that's actually measuring the percentage of hemoglobin in your red blood cells so your red blood cells you know are carrying that oxygen and that carries the oxygen throughout your body <clears throat> 
to oxygenate your tissues. Most people have a blood oxygen level of 95 to 100, which, you know, you might have a patient that has COPD or something like that where they could normally sit around 92, 93. So a lot of people think, oh, if you're not at 100%, you know, something's wrong. But that's not always the case. You know, that's why it's important to get that, build that kind of provider-patient relationship so they kind of get to know who you are, kind of your kind of normals, how you sit. And also your blood oxygen level can kind of change and vary throughout the day depending on what you're doing for sure. So that's kind of a little bit about, you know, pulse ox, blood oxygen, oxygenation, sorry. Yeah, and so physical exams could also help you update any vaccines you need to keep your immune system working at its best. And talking about vaccines, it's really important to talk about the flu vaccine, which is happening right now. Um, so we're going to talk about some flu myths and facts from Banner Health um, and what you need to know. So I'm just going to list off some myths, and Zach over here is going to talk about the facts of it, actually. Sounds good. Like like you said earlier, it's kind of just the perfect time right now. We're kind of slowly getting into flu season now, so it's really important that we're kind of all getting our flu vaccines, making sure we're safe going back to school, daycare, getting back in the office, and also college students for sure. I mean, having everyone on campus, really important to stay up to date with your flu vaccines, and things change every year, which we're going to kind of talk about now. So go ahead and start us with a, a myth, Shay. Okay, so um, a myth would be that the flu is just a really bad cold. It's not that dangerous. Right, so that is a myth for sure. The flu can be dangerous and can cause complications even death. Flu has been resulted in 12,000 to 61,000 deaths annually since 2010. So it is not a myth for sure. What's another myth? Um, the flu shot will protect you from all forms of the flu. Yes, you're 100% you're right there. That is also a myth. So the annual flu vaccine includes four strains of the virus that are predicted to be active that year. So they kind of gauge throughout the, the months beforehand, kind of get those four main strains that they think are going to be the most active and predominant in the communities. And that's what those four strains are included in that vaccine. And that's kind of going to prepare you for what you should be exposed to to kind of get that type of flu shot included. You can still you can still get sick, but that's just kind of the way they can kind of gauge to see what they want to include in that shot for that season. Yeah. So another myth to rebuttal is that the flu vaccine will give you the flu. Yes, that is also false. The flu vaccine does not contain the live virus of the flu. The flu vaccine vaccine normally contains a dead a dead virus, so it's not actually a live virus, so it cannot give you the flu. You might, you know, feel a little sick just because, you know, your immune system is working to kind of get those antibodies built mm-hmm. for that condition, you know, that disease. But again, you're not going to get the actual flu. You're just feeling, you know, your, your immune system's kind of under attack, kind of learning kind of how that, you know, disease process kind of works. So you're not going to get the flu. Yeah. So another myth, you do not need the flu vaccine every year. Correct. So the fact on that is the body's immune response from the vaccination declines over time. So an annual vaccine is needed for optimal protection for that season. Mm-hmm. So people with egg allergies cannot get the flu shot. <laughs> yeah, I know that's kind of a funny one, but that is a very common thing. Um, so when I actually got my flu shot a couple of days ago, that was kind of the first thing the nurse kind of asked was about my egg allergy. So I know before all the research was there, a lot of the flu shots did contain kind of egg derivatives. But with the technology with the CDC and everything now, allergic reactions are very rare. And the CDC says anyone with a history of egg allergy should talk to their provider about still trying to get vaccinated. There are also two egg-free vaccines now available. So make sure, you know, the biggest thing, <laughs> kind of what we're talking about um, getting your physical exam and stuff is talk to your provider. Make sure they know your allergies, your history, things like that. So they can make sure you're getting the right vaccine for sure. Yeah. So a myth is that if you are pregnant, it is not safe for you to get the flu shot. Yes. So that is a myth for sure. And that's kind of a a scary topic for sure. I mean, I'm not pregnant. I'm never going to get pregnant. But I mean, just for kind of the patients I've talked to, it it can be scary. I mean, you know, especially first time moms not knowing, hey, is this, you know, I want to risk my, I don't want to risk my health for my child. But again, 
you, you, it's scary. I mean, you want to do what's best for yourself. You also want to take care of, you know, your child is not here yet for sure. So, I mean, kind of the fact on that is the flu shot's not only safe, but it's highly recommended while pregnant. The CDC advises anyone in their third trimester to get the flu shot ASAP in order to pass on the protection to their newborn. So, I mean, you know, those antibodies, things like that can get passed to your, your, your newborn that way, kind of through where, you know, that's a whole other topic for a whole other <laughs> yeah. podcast there. But, yeah, so it is very important to also make sure you get your flu shot from the CDC, anyone in their third trimester, for sure. So that was just kind of a, flu, a few uh, myths and facts on the flu. And, again, that information came from Banner Health back in 2021, for sure. So kind of, let's kind of move on to the next topic we have here at hand. What is that, Shay? Um, that would be diagnostic screenings. Yeah, so, Shay, what is a diagnostic test and what are some examples? Um, so some examples would be your blood work, colonoscopy, and mammograms, but it is a type of test that's used to diagnose a disease or condition. Um, how does a blood work? Right, so that's a whole other topic like. too. I mean, there's different, you know, you have different panels, you have a chemistry, you can get your CBC, which is your complete blood count, which tests very other things. There's also different profiles they can run, you know, GI profile, they can run liver enzyme. There are just so many different profiles you can get ran to. Specifically, normally your normal yearly is going to contain a CBC, which is a complete blood count and kind of a blood chemistry as well. So that's kind of kind of a little intro into blood work for sure. Yeah, what about colonoscopies? Yeah, so colonoscopy, very important for men. I know sometimes we don't like to talk about that. Oh, you know, I don't want to have to go to the doctor. You know, it's 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 hard. I mean, a lot of times, you know, I, I'm too good for that. I don't need to go. But colonoscopies are very, very, very important. I mean, that's kind of where they're getting that scope and going into your colon and checking for colorectal cancer, things like that. So also mammogram is something we mentioned. Shay, what is a mammogram? Mammograms are basically just like next ray kind of of your breast they help you identify any mass or cancerous masses in there and it's really important for women for women to do every year so make sure you are doing that um it is easily avoidable if you just go get it checked. Gotcha, for sure. So kind of another thing to touch on with the colonoscopy, the CDC recommends regular screening beginning at 45, and that's, like I said, to prevent uh, colorectal cancer and finding it early. The U.S. Preventative Services Task Force recommends that adults ages 45 to 75 are screened for colorectal cancer yearly, and they recommend ages 76 to 85 talk to their doctors about continuing screening, depending on, you know, family history and things like that. And again, those facts came from uh, the CDC.gov. Yeah. Um, okay, so make sure you get your diagnostic screenings to make sure you're up to date and ensure that all your values are within normal limits. So um, going back to the yearly physicals, it's important that your provider provides guidance on tips to prevent diseases, such as like smoking, like you should probably not do that. Uh, we discussed that in last week's episode. If you haven't listened to that yet, go ahead and tune in if you haven't. It was a good episode. And also, they also mention how to manage and they discuss any medications you currently take whether that's prescription or over the counter and they also answer any questions you might have about your medications so that's why it's really important to talk to your provider go get your yearly physicals and whatnot gotcha so i guess kind of kind of touch on that medication you kind of want to talk to your provider again on you know continuing medications you're on maybe starting new medications again a lot of times people forget about they always talk about their prescription medications things like that but they never talk about 
over-the-counter medications. I mean, any over-the-counter medication you want to, especially if you're taking prescription medications, you want to make sure you're talking to your provider about any over-the-counter medications. Just, most of the time, there's not any contraindications with taking both of those. But again, it's very important to kind of mention, you know, supplements is another thing that we kind of don't talk about. Any uh, supplements you're taking, you know, to help help your nutrition and all that, you want to make sure you're mentioning that to your provider when you see them yearly for sure. And kind of another point made by Dr. Um, Federwell, the same uh, physician here, the DO here that kind of gave some facts here in that article is he basically said wellness visits are key to staying healthy from vaccines you receive as a child to the guidance of complex teen visits and into family planning and STD screenings for adults yearly. Annual physical exams also provide valuable mental health and substance abuse counseling for all ages and they promote, promote longevity and health through cancer screening which we talked about earlier and also health disease risk and heart disease risk for sure after the age of 50. Yeah, um, and also make sure to look at all your um, options when it comes to your exams. You can get it covered by health insurance or even low cash pay options. And some clinics and centers actually offer free physicals for low-income families. I know that uh, most people stray away from getting the physicals because of the cost or just all of that. You know, just make sure you're looking at your options because it is important to take your yearly physicals. For sure, yes. That's kind of another thing people... You know, it's sad because they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't have insurance. I don't have money. I just, maybe we should just skip this year. But again, that year could be something that your provider could discover that kind of could be life or death for sure. So remember, there's, just remember, there's always options out there, you know, low cost type things or very small cash pay options. Very, very important. Another big topic that we have here at hand is kind of, you know, if your pets go to the vet every once a year, we should too. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of times, you know, your pets go yearly, and we're like, oh, I need to take, you know, Sparky to the vet, but you need to go for sure as well. I mean, it's very important for you to get checked out as well. And again, I mean, like I said, again, what do we, what do we mention every single podcast? Nutrition. Yeah, so nutrition, really we, we, you know, we should just be dietitians at this point. No, no, <laughs> but we always talk about nutrition. We always find a way to kind of tie that into our podcast, but nutrition is also important. So on top of getting that yearly physical Check with the clinic that you go to and see if they have an on-site dietitian possibly that kind of kind of talk to you about maybe starting a diet, adjusting a diet, you know, supplements. That's a big thing too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's so many supplements you can take. I know for a while I was taking some greens. I don't remember where I got them from, but it was kind of a little packet that had all the necessary greens, vitamins, supplements, things like that. <clears throat> chlorophyll was a big thing that was on yeah. the rise a while back chlorophyll water and everything you know helping with uh you know oxygenation things like that is kind of the science behind that which i don't want to get too too in depth of that today for sure <laughs> but i mean that's basically kind of the topics at hand today with the physical for sure so i mean let's just make let's just let's just end it there guys i don't want to get yeah, too in thank depth you so here, much but yeah guys it, it was a good podcast i hope you enjoy the material about physical exams for sure guys yeah so make sure to turn in next week where we will be discussing the fentanyl and overdose crisis in college communities and what you can do to help um we have so much fun making this podcast for you guys we love talking about all these health topics so yes guys again if you have any questions or topics you want us to cover shoot us an email at hothealthtx at gmail.com again that's h-o-t-h-e-a-l-t-h hothealthtx at gmail.com we'd love to respond to you guys and get your feedback guys and again guys thank you all for tuning in guys and yes. y'all have a great one. We'll see you next Thank week. Thank you so much. <laughs>